It sounds like you're willing to pay your humans more than anybody else because you strive for excellence and success. Yeah, our basic philosophy is to have the right people and to pay them really well. And through that, we've got tremendous loyalty and low turnover and high commitment to the, to the customer. Well, let's talk about values. High performance, freedom, responsibility, context, not control. These are obviously not mouth. It seems like that if you want to do well at Netflix, you have to subscribe to the values. And if you don't, you're out. Yeah, and the reason that we publish our culture deck is so people can figure out before they come to Netflix, is this the right fit for them? Well, what's intriguing for me, because you're a competitive guy, is I looked at everything that you sent out in the last five years, and I would like to think that you've told me enough to replicate Netflix, but no one can. Why is that? You know, it's probably a little like Starbucks. doesn't seem that hard to make coffee, and yet one, one coffee chain is amazing around the world. So there's a lot of heart and passion that goes in it that doesn't come across in the words. It's the execution. It's the people at Netflix. Well, the people who watch Netflix seem to be an important group because, you know what, they've been able to prove it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie III. I'm Jack Allison. I'm Jonathan Daniel Brown. And we were just talking about how L.A. loves cults. Yeah, sure does. Um, yeah, so that's why we're starting our own cult. <laughs> yeah, we are. November 19th mm-hmm. at The Resident. We've mm-hmm. just announced it, folks. I hope you hope you already got your tickets. But if you haven't, you yeah. better get them soon because they're going fast. Okay, this is a once- in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. We may never do another show. Who knows? We may not we it may be so good we will retire yeah. after this. That's how I'm busy. Maybe I'm busy for every other day we could do. Okay, so November 19th at the resident, downtown LA. So many great bands play there, but the struggle session boys are coming next. All mm-hmm. right. And you're gonna want to see this show live. We got so much stuff planned. We're gonna have special guests. We are. All the celebrities Jack ever met on mm-hmm. Jimmy Kimmel, they're coming to the show. I can't that, like, that, 100% guarantee, but that's something that we're talking about. That's something that we've been talking about. Uh, and it's looking good, but I do want to say I can't guarantee it. It's like a 99%, but 99%. You know. Yeah. But uh, if it doesn't happen, like we didn't promise it. The venue has a projector. That's what's very exciting. The venue exciting. has a projector. Sara June is going to be doing stand-up, uh, which is cool. Uh, uh, she's very funny. From the yeah. Left Coast podcast, but also just from being a funny stand-up. Yes, yeah, so it's going to be big, folks. Get your tickets now before it sells out. The venue is not that big. We got a lot, lot, lot of listeners in Los Angeles. We do. Don't want anybody to We see to the metrics, folks. We see the metrics. You know, these. there's a lot of you out here. Yeah, so we don't want anyone to get locked out for this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, yeah. We are starting our own cult mm-hmm. at this show. and you It's called The Resident the because floor. that's where you're going to live after the, the night of the live show. We're all just going to live there together. Yeah, I'm bringing yeah. my sleeping bag. <laughs> yeah, you, you want to get in on the ground floor with a cult always because they're mm-hmm. all pyramid schemes, right? Yeah. Y- if you're at the top of the pyramid, you're fine. That's you're the fine. thing. If you really can get in early, like it's a good deal. It's not bad, actually. Yeah, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Ginger. Well, I don't know. Any about kind of Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Any Ponzi scheme, you want to get in you know, early. Early. So you can get your tickets um, on the residents' website. We have a Bitly link. Uh, remember Bitly? Um, yeah, yeah, we're still using it. What is it? What do we have? What's the Bitly? Uh, uh, bit.ly slash sesh LA, S E S H L A. Sesh LA. Yeah, Sesh LA will take you straight to the page. That is easy. Yeah, if you want to do some pregame. Um, for the show, for the cult, either either one, um, check out prowrestlingtees.com slash struggle session because we have t-shirts, we have merch. We haven't talked about that on the show yet. We do. We do have t-shirts, and they're cool. They're cool t-shirts, actually. Yeah. Um, very, 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 uh, I would say uh, they, they are they are they're aggressive and fun. Yeah. And, and uh, if you like, if you like, I'd say it encapsulates our show quite well. Yes. Um, you, you, if you see the image, you'll, you'll get it. Uh, someone told me that struggle session is now their favorite post-punk band. That's exactly the mood I was going for. With exactly. Um, so come out to the show, come out to the show. If you want to get in on the early side of the cult, or if you even just want to see a podcast happen in real life and, you know, with some yeah. fun surprises and, uh, uh, and some fun stand up from Sara June, uh, and you can come be, meet us and meet us too. Why not? Well, you know, well, who knows? Who knows? Well, who knows? Meet it, some of them. Let, let's not, 
you can't know. promise it. We're not. I'm not going to sit at a table and do a meetup. But you know, we'll meet. You're not. We'll meet who I meet. I mean, I'll do that. I don't want to sit at a folding table and say like hello or whatever. No, like, I mean, it's weird like, for me. Just sit at the bar and have a drink, and of people will go up to you and they'll be like, "Hey, uh, but I good to meet you. Anything, I enjoy the so, podcast. You know. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll be doing you know <laughs> we'll paid, be there. Si- paid signings. You have, but you have to get like the third level, the VIP um, ticket <laughs> yeah. experience add on if you want to actually uh, talk to us. To right, like at the Hillary photos. Clinton show. Yeah, you have to buy the thousand dollar ticket if you want the meet and greet. Uh, well, speaking of cults. Uh, we've got a hell of a business cult taking over California, don't sure. we? Sure, we uh, do. If anybody has read the Wall Street Journal or Gizmodo ah, piece over the, the last week. The Wall Street Journal, that venerable rag that uh, endorsed uh, Bolsonaro. Yeah, well, that's good. Who needs rainforests anyway? <laughs> Who needs trees? Yeah, Jesus. Replace, replace Amazon. Replace the Amazon with Amazon. With Amazon. <laughs> Lateral move. Lateral move. <laughs> that's why it was called Amazon. It was going to ultimately replace the Amazon. And yeah. holy shit, that Philip the Phil K. Dick show Electric Dreams has an episode that's like which exactly, is on Amazon Prime, which, which is on Amazon Prime, <laughs> which Amazon produced. Well, you know what's that's so funny exactly is that. I watch these shows and I. I know that I know that um I know that what the fuck is that show called the Outlast or whatever the one about like space that's realistic that they have on Amazon Prime what's that one called oh the Expanse the Expanse yeah it's the good. Expanse so they had like I know that Bezos likes the Expanse I know that they made this like Electric Dreams thing I think he's like making shows about like what he wants the future to be like <laughs> I think he like sees these and he's like yep mm-hmm, that looks good to me like uh, like I I truly think it's like I look at the Expanse and there's like little drones flying and like delivering things I'm like so this guy must think this is like good <laughs> like a good well, way yeah, for the saved future it. to be Sci-Fi canceled it so fast yeah. because I mean they gave it two seasons but what happened was is that. Sci-Fi made a deal with Alcon, the company that produced the show, where Sci-Fi would air it uh, in North America, but the digital rights went to Amazon. And so uh, Comcast, which runs NBC Universal, is dumb as shit and agreed to that deal. Uh, nobody who watches the show watches it on TV. Everybody right. watched it on Amazon. So well, also it made I think sense Bezos wanted it from it the over. beginning. He was like, yeah, obsessed he, with the show from the beginning. Yeah, also it's weird. I he actually story, really likes it. I heard a story that you know Bezos wants to do all his space stuff. He's like a space obsessed man. I heard that he was at some kind of space conference, and the cast of The Expanse was also there, and it was like a party trick to renew The Expanse. He like got up in front of all the collected scientists and space people. People and was like, and also we're going to renew the expanse, and it was exciting for everybody. Oh, that's, that's so nice when you're like so rich that you <laughs> I know it's like, like as a buy a TV trick. show <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to impress, impress people. My new I know, so funny. Uh, um, but that's not what we were. That's actually not even the evil one we're talking about. about. That's another <laughs> evil, like horrible just, business cult here in, uh, in no, California. We, no, the, the one Gizmo- of our many. <laughs> <laughs> the Gizmodo Wall Street Journal piece was about Netflix and about the culture. At Netflix, uh, specifically how employees are treated, right. uh, which is psychotic. Yeah, it seems like a pretty hostile by design, a, be, a by design hostile workplace. And I just can't imagine. Like the thing about this article is, I read this and I'm like, wow, it sounds like a horrible place to work. And also, like the who is able to continue working at a place like this, and like what type of person is that? Well, and I don't necessarily you. think it's like a good type of person. No, really. the, the only people. This is how companies end up like Sears sure, uh, or Blockbuster or when this is a company that basically Reed Hastings has designed a system where cronies and ass kissers will continue to get promoted while anybody with a sense of critical thought right. uh, will get shown the door or will get shanked by somebody who who uh, who has some you know uh, even any like it is an opportunist paradise like right. you are encouraged so let yeah let's let, talk let's about some into, of these rituals let so so this is like so I I am been making the argument that I think that Netflix is the new Scientology it's a new weird Scientology we have here in Los Angeles and let let's look at why so uh, uh, they have they practice like I guess what they I guess what I don't I'll, I'll call it radical honesty but they uh, uh, they say that they a culture where radical candor and transparency this is from the uh, Wall Street Journal article uh, uh, the company's handling of the ensuing backlash of their executives saying the 
the N-word, put on stark display the Netflix way, a culture where radical candor and transparency are among the highest virtues, and we're openly discussing whether people should be fired and explaining why they were are common rituals. The executive in question, Jonathan Friedland, sunshined his misdeed, Netflix lingo for an apology or an act of transparency in front of colleagues. So... Netflix has this weird thing where their managers are sort of expected to fire people that are not a good culture fit. Like there is supposed to be a lot of firing going on at Netflix. And whenever that happens, they send out like the reasons why this person was fired to like to everybody, to everybody, to like 50 other people. Public humiliation is part of a. Uh, is a primary motivator at Netflix. If you work there, a big reason you will survive or get shanked is like you either humiliate or you get humiliated. Like right. it, it, it essentially encourages the biggest bullies to keep bullying people yeah. until they make it to the top. It's it's very cruel. And so the radical honesty stuff actually comes from, and it's, this isn't in the article, but it comes from Bridgewater Associates. It is. It is in the, it's in the Wall Street oh, it Journal is. It's one. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's this Ray Dalio guy who, by the way, uh, was the boss of James Comey before he went on to work at the FBI. Oh, how nice. He gave James Comey like his like eight million dollars for getting the FBI job or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. like this is he was. Well, I want to find out what the number is there. He's so I chief will legal say. counsel at Bridgewater, but yeah, these Bridgewater guys, uh, it's it, it's a Wall Street thing, and it's psychotic, and it's wrong, and it's uh, it basically encourages confrontation yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Why well, would you want to do that? It, it does. It seems like a hell. It does seem like a hellish place to work. So. Uh, uh, you know, um, basically what what uh, uh, what Reed Hastings wants done is the keeper test, which is he says, you know, uh, uh, they say that in, in complimentary terms, Mr. Hastings is unencumbered by emotions. Uh, uh, and so he he does the keeper test, which is he says, if you won't if you wouldn't fight to keep this employee, then they should be fired. And, he, uh, and, and so he fired like one of his best friends. He fired his like <laughs> friend from before Netflix, like his best friend for decades, because he was like, your assistant is better at doing your job now, which is like, this is not like this is not a way to do business. I yeah. feel like. So it's so it's and but it's so like because we don't want to rush to the defense because, you know, this if this is happening to, you know, executives and shit, sure. but, like the problem is that like. Somebody's going to read this article. A lot of people are right. going to read this article. Your boss is going to read this article and think, "Oh, the oh, keeper test. This is a good. This this might be something we might yeah. want to start implementing over here." Look and how so everybody is going to have to deal with it. Yeah. Look how successful Netflix is, where they've never made a dime. They've you know broken their initial promise of providing like access to thousands of great films, and are just providing right. us with like. Canadian co-produced TV shows that we never fucking wanted. Yeah, it's yeah. very successful. Here, here's another piece from the uh, the Wall Street Journal. Why don't Journal. they do the keeper test on these fucking TV yeah, shows? That's what that I'm keep- thinking too. Is I'm like, where's the radical honesty when it comes to the quality of their shows? Yeah, why aren't they like going over and being like, hey, dude, like Stranger Things fucking sucks. You yeah. should make the next season better. I'm not sure I'd, I'd uh, keep Ozarks in a fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Jack. Yeah, I was gonna say. Here's another quote from it, okay, just to show you how, how far this goes. So he fires his best friend. In one recent case, Chief Financial Officer David Wells sent an email in August to employees saying he decided to exit David Burt, a vice president. It is clear now that David was not forthright with us around a major employee issue that impacted the business, even when directly asked, he wrote in the email. Uh, and then a person familiar with the case said the employee issue referenced in the email involved a sensitive medical condition that Mr. Bird had acted to pre- uh, had acted to protect the person's privacy and confidentiality. So I guess he like lied to his fuck? bosses to keep something confidential, and then that's why he got fired. And they like publicly shame him for being fired. Here's another one: Sean Carey, a former Netflix. Uh, Vice president who was instrumental in helping build their streaming library was in the room for his your fired postmodern meeting in front of some 40 to 50 people on the content team. So he like Ted Sarandos explained that the company's focus was shifting to original content and that this guy wasn't suited for the increasingly creative role like he didn't know that was going to happen. He fired this guy in front of like 50 people. Um, and of course, like because everybody is in some weird Silicon Valley cult, he's like, it actually was awkward, but I think it was ultimately like a positive. There is sometimes a cost. Of, it was beneficial in the end. So I, do, 
Oh, no, go ahead. No, please, go ahead. So do you two remember, like, a few months ago, maybe a year ago even, there was, uh, right after the Weinstein thing happened, there was this Netflix kids executive who got, like, publicly approached by someone at right. a soccer game yeah. and got shamed. Because he was and like, then, we don't give a shit about that or something well, he like said, that. Oh, yeah, 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 basically yeah. said, it's not my department. That's not, like, yeah, no, or, like, I don't like, care. So, like, I think it was like, what do, you, what do they think about Danny Masterson or something like that? And he's like, we don't give a shit or something. Yeah, yeah. and then he got fired. And then, But what Netflix did was... They they publicly shanked that guy, and now when you read this article, it makes sense. Like Netflix like, didn't just fire that dude; they like put out a statement basically like listing every misdeed ever. Yeah, and that's what Disney's now doing, and what's and you're seeing it basically in all facets of media. You know whether right. public shaming is yeah. becoming communication. Yeah, and, and like public shaming. Yeah, they're becoming a, but it's becoming. Uh, like sort of part and parcel of modern global capital. It is just now like a normal way right. of it's doing because, business. It's because the company is the most important thing. Because right. Disney, of course, we have to do what's in Disney's best interest, which is such a bizarre way of thinking when you're talking about like human being, uh, any human being versus like a, a the name of a company and one of the most successful and largest companies in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. And, but, the, but these global corporations I mean, you know, Netflix is changing Los Angeles, but, you know, the giant Netflix building is not Netflix HQ. They're still based out of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Like, so it, it, it's just a very strange thing where you just, uh, you begin to feel your own cities begin to adapt to the, you know, to the whims of these businesses that yeah. are Campus so Campus culture. Big. Well, do you want to hear then, some more weirder, even weirder culty stuff from this yes, Wall Street please. Journal article? Okay. Speaking Netflix, new employees soon learn to speak Netflix. The lingo includes phrases like, what is your North Star, highly aligned, loosely coupled, and context, not control. If you don't use that lingo on a daily basis, you're not going to succeed. Send one Netflix short timer. Fine, whatever. All these companies, like when you go to Hulu, I saw them like training new employees and they're like, here's like the new orientation for new Hulugans. Like they all use weird little baby phrases at these companies. Uh, But it gets much weirder in the next paragraph, uh, guys. Um, More than 100 Netflix top executives have taken a specially designed leadership course in which the executives acted in which the executives acted out the ancient Greek play Antigone and read about Lee (laughs) Kuan Yew, a benevolent autocrat who turned Singapore into a developed nation and distrusted some elements of liberal democracies. We have to like saw off the Bay Area and let it float out to sea. I mean, I, 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 I someday I pray that the video footage of the Netflix executives doing a play of Antigone comes out. I need to see this footage. They, and they didn't make that a, uh, they, they, they didn't, you know, that, that's like, they, they, you'd think that's some content they could release for us. I mean, considering that they put everything online now, they don't even bother. Yeah, really? Vetting. Like, why isn't this streaming live? Come on, this is a, this is a, a revenue stream that can be exploited. And I'm actually, you know, Reed Hastings is not doing what's in the best interest of his shareholders when he doesn't By exploit. not releasing the Antigone He cut. needs to release the Antigone cut. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, I'm going to buy a share and I'll be a very upset shareholder if he's not doing everything he can. It's crazy, though. He managed to make Antigone 12 hours long. <laughs> Lee. And there, there's there's three episodes where the characters just stand around in one room in hallways. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, speaking of that, Aaron, I guess we can talk about it briefly. The new Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That I didn't watch it. Was it good? No, not really. Like, People like <laughs> it, right? But they like it because, like, is every other show is exactly like it. They forgot completely. Like it's all is another you know serialized like soap opera style show about Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It should just be like the new Buffy instead of like a ten hour like film about where every plot point is dragged to the point of like it's all dragged, dude. I mean, if you watch the 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 House on Haunted Hill or whatever, there was like an episode yeah. where they just sat in a room for like uh, forty five minutes doing nothing. Thing. And I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> I just don't want to watch that shit. Like, I saw House on Haunted Hill, and then and Kate was like, let's watch it. It's the new Netflix. And I was like, Ugh, fine, I guess I'll watch a Netflix movie. And then I saw it was a TV show. And I'm like, there's just not a chance. Never, It's never going to happen. I'm no, not watching yeah. a Netflix TV show. Margarita, in my life. 
Margarita and I only made it to like episode three before we dipped out. Like it's just it's too much. Like yeah, I this tried is a two hour story that is being told in ten. <laughs> yeah. I tried maniacs. People keep saying, Oh, it's just like a it's like a Philip K. Dick thing. Okay. You know what people make out of Philip K. Dick books? <laughs> movies. <laughs> movies. Right. Ninety minute to two hour movies. That's what you make from a Philip K. Dick novel. That's all you need. If that's all a scanner darkly and do Android Dream of Electronic Sheet need, I do not need to sit there and watch Ten hours of Jonah Hill pretending but like Netflix he's a leading man. But Netflix needs you to sit there for ten hours. Netflix needs your full ten hours of your eyeballs. They need it, Leslie. Maybe, that, maybe, maybe this is why they thought you know Jonah Hill was like a leading actor because after they did their little play Antigone, they just thought acting was just so fucking hard that anybody who does it deserves their own ten hour These TV Antigone show. People. It's also weird. Like, so they have a thing too where it's when all the higher end, like two hundred people at the company, or it's like I think. It's like fifty people at the company get to know everyone's salaries, but they but like they don't get to know theirs, I guess. Oh, also, cool. they said that that's... almost everybody has access to the numbers, and so I'll have to say this again. I said it on Jack AM today too, but I want to say it on Struggle Session also. If anyone's listening who's working at Netflix and has access to the numbers, like <laughs> send the, us like, the, the numbers. numbers like the numbers leak is the big thing, folks. Like get the numbers out there. If you're in the Netflix, if you're in the walls of Netflix, start filling up uh, uh, a USB drive with the numbers. That's what I, I would say. And then I get want- yourself fired and have it sent out to people being like they weren't nice. They didn't fit the culture, blah, blah, blah. Get the numbers first. Yes. I, I want I want did- confirmation that the only people who watch fucking BoJack Horseman or the hundred people who have BoJack Horseman avatars on Twitter. <laughs> I want that number because I, I know swear that's to true. You, I swear. I, I, so I, here's what I think. I think if you look at the numbers for like the ranch, it's probably like as big as friends or something. You'd be like, <laughs> oh my God. But then some, like if you look at Flaked, I think probably like, like 3,000 people watch Flake. Flaked. Right. I think there are definitely favor shows on Netflix that are just there to give people like, well, right. you've done this for us. We'll give you this. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but since, since the numbers aren't really, the numbers, TV networks and film studios did not want to release numbers either. They were yeah. forced to, they well, were forced to. And even and, the fact and, and that, that the numbers and by labor yeah. and by, and by also frankly, by investors who want to know what the hell's going on. Yeah. And also the reason why, uh, uh, the reason why the numbers even get us paid is because of like decades and decades of union work to get mm-hmm. us paid for those numbers. Like we can't lose the numbers. Like that's not something like like Netflix sort of like casually just saying like, oh, yeah, and we don't release numbers. It's like that is that's the whole thing. Don't you realize that's everything? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Jack, you were interviewed uh, recently in uh, Fast Company, right? About That's exactly true. This. About, yeah, tell us about that. So you know, I was that interviewed- nice profile. Oh, I got a little profile. I mean, I was just interviewed. I, 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 no I, photo I do, shoot. I do. Yeah, there was no photo shoot <laughs> no with photo all shoot. three struggle session members on the beach. Um, oh wow! I'm not saying that I'm mad that we haven't been, you know, profiled. Com- profile completely we've had some people write some great articles about this i i lots of love to y'all in fact we'll link those articles in the show notes but we need more folks we want more we, <laughs> we know the, you mean we need the people. lying cheating media to cover us yeah and, and i know people have done it for shows that are smaller than us i don't know what's wrong with us uh, i can be on the beach Okay. Okay. I don't think it's about the beach. I don't think it's. I think I want. Uh, I want to get flown to out Venice. to the beach. We're taking you to Venice. Yeah. In we're just not friends with enough journalists, to be honest with you. We just don't know them personally enough. We need to make friends with more journalists. I mean, they're all out of jobs. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're all unemployed. Like. Anyway, so yeah, I did. I did. It, I was interviewed for this. The the profile. I don't think it's actually much of a. It's not like a profile of me. They they talk about me in it. Uh. uh oh yeah, I, was in, <laughs> I was interviewed by by Fast Company, and yeah. I I gave what my Kimmel salary was, and more importantly, I gave what my uh, uh, my residuals were from the Kimmel show. Um, and yeah, they basically thought like they were using me kind of and what I was making at Kimmel as like the example of what things are like in traditionally structured like television contracts versus now how things are like over at Netflix. Um, and yeah, there are uh, uh, and then also profiles. Uh, um, God, I can't even. What am I doing? Hold Allison second. Becker. Allison Becker. My, I just like I. Uh, had a brain fart, but uh, it's exactly your same name. <laughs> I know. I just was like, uh, 
I don't know. She's great. Uh, uh, they talked to Alison Becker, who goes into exactly how Netflix is fucking over uh, actors as well. Uh, uh, she they, she speaks to them about how, like, basically they used to do, like, weekly rates for people. And if you were, like, the fifth build on a sitcom, you could expect a certain amount of money. Uh, Netflix is doing, like, day rates, and they're really low. And then you also don't get residuals on top of all that. To be clear, the day rates for most Netflix shows are the equivalent to doing a voice in a cartoon, which has also gone down a lot. Yeah. So you're getting paid... Like, basically, I mean, not, I mean, you like a thousand bucks for the Yeah, like day. 800 to a thousand dollars or something yeah. like that. And, and then so, and that's not like enough, and you're not doing that every day of your life forever. You know what no, I mean? That's you, like you that's get a couple three jobs. days a month. Yeah, like you get a couple jobs here and there. It's like, it's not enough to live on, you know, and they, we used to be able, people used to be able to expect residuals. And that is a, was a significant part of like what made this a sustainable living. Like they are going to keep running the stuff that we made over and over and over again. So we should get paid for it. Like the people that are watching, like if people are watching our stuff, we should be getting paid for that stuff. And Netflix has just sort of been like, well, that's just not the way it's going to be anymore. The new thing is is that we own the library forever and you stop getting paid for it. And it's like, well, that's the reason why people were able to buy houses and eventually and you look, of course, we're talking as people that are actors and, and writers and it's a job that's enviable. And I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, shut up. Like, you know, it's like you're doing an easy or cool thing anyway. I would just say this. I'm like the the money still exists. It's just now being filtered up to the company for the company yeah. to keep it or for them to like give out to their shareholders. Like it's not like there's like it's like there still is two hundred thousand dollars out there. It's just I think it should go to writers and actors and shit like are the people who make the stuff that you like right i mean just i will yeah i mean i've mentioned this before but i was in a movie that cost 12 million dollars and made 100 million dollars at the box office worldwide Mm. and that and that is just that is just before anything digital that's before any dvds blu-rays uh you know uh deals for with mtv and fx to air it uh streaming blah 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 blah. so we made thirty thousand dollars, and you know and then you you know, that's it. And then you get, you know, I get like a few hundred bucks right. twice a year. And like, I'm that money was made and went to the studio execs. Right. It didn't, it didn't just, and it went it, to fund it's not, like it's not, I'm not, and it also right. just went to like back to pay back like people like Steven Mnuchin and shit, to be honest yes. with you. And the thing is, is that I'm not just talking about myself as somebody who is in something and, and wish I got more. Although, of course, I'm glad I, you know, of course I did because my image is attached to that right. forever. I, you know, it's weird when your identity is attached to a brand and you don't see the fruits of that labor. But there are so many more people who worked on right. these on these films. We're talking crews, we're talking extras, which, you know, our unions won't even acknowledge very uh, often. Uh, we're talking, uh, you, you know, we're, we're talking... Uh, you know, people who are <laughs> in the auditioning circuit, they, they have to right. go to six, seven auditions before they even get booked. And that's all unpaid labor. Yeah. I mean, the the entire system of how money works in this industry is broken. Yeah, it and is broken. And, you know, these disruptors have not fixed and the it problem like is, the problem they is have. they've the, just made it worse the system has been broken forever but the way it used to function was like well like if you really like it used to be like you can like roll the dice and you're gonna put in a lot of work for no money and then someday maybe you'll make it or whatever and that's like the classic hollywood thing the problem now is that when it comes to these like streaming companies and these newer this new way of doing business the problem now is in the making it to be honest with you. The problem is like when you start getting jobs and then you start finding out like, oh, fuck, like this job is not going to like support me for the entire year. And then it's like, how do I land like two or three jobs? You know what I mean? And then it's like you're stuck kind of like being to subsidize your acting career when you're acting on a Netflix show. You're like, well, I better like have another gig so that I can like make rent for the whole year. And it's just like like, not right. Like it used to be that it's like it was a roll of the dice. But then when you hit when you like got it when you got it it paid out and it like kind of like paid back for all that time that was put into it now it's like a roll of the dice and then when you get it it's like well you know keep on rolling the dice like maybe you make like 30 grand this year or something like that and that's well, that's I, it i was talking to one of my friends who and, and, and he uh he he's like you know he comes from like a, a working class 
like a Massachusetts neighborhood. And the guy he used as like his role model to come out to LA and act was Michael Chiklis. Cause he's like, Michael Chiklis didn't have a lot of money. His dad didn't have money either, but his dad supported him. And when Michael Chiklis finally started booking work after spending, you know, six years in the trenches and classes and in, you know, audition workshops and schmoozing and glad handing everyone he could, he finally booked, you know, some, some roles. He wrote a big check to his dad. And then, you know, that was, that was all he wanted was to pay off his dad. And like, that's like this beautiful narrative that, you know, a lot of, a lot of people construct these narratives for themselves when they get into a creative profession, because creative professions come from emotional places. They don't come from, uh, you know, cold economic logical reality, you know, uh, actors, writers, filmmakers, artists, if they wanted to be in the money business, they'd be in the money business. And that's why it's so despicable to exploit those passions right. for such <clears throat> piss wages and, and to keep pushing them down while pretending that this is actually innovating things. I mean, it's the not- thing is that these companies will do whatever they can to fuck us over at any like they're not our friends. Like they're, they'll fuck they us over in friends. any way that they can because they're the whole function of companies be, you know, because we live in capitalist America is to make more money for the shareholders. And so in their mind, like fucking you over is like doing their due diligence as a company. Their fiduciary and duty. The real failure here, the real problem here is that like, you know, the only thing we have against that is like our representation and uh, our agencies and I are not the agencies. Sorry. We have our representation and we have the unions is what we have. And the union Unions are the, really the ones who have done the very strong work here and got the like minimum set to a a, 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 a a standard that is actually livable. The problem is now, though, that all these new companies are just redefining all the terms to basically create new loopholes. Uh, and that includes the agencies themselves. And the agencies another- are complicit, too, because they wouldn't want to like they don't want to uh, sacrifice their business relationship with these other huge companies. So it's just not in their best interest as a company to represent you vigorously. So I would say that if anything, you know, the unions need to renegotiate. But the fact that they even got any coverage over new media is uh, uh, good news. So we do need to renegotiate. But really, this is like a big failure of representation. Well, yeah, I, I think we've talked. <clears throat> excuse me. I think we talked a lot about Netflix and all the problems there. And it's full yeah. of just terrible programming I, I think we should you know move to our more positive <laughs> you know thing. what else i was uh, thinking about leslie can i just really quickly say also everything on hbo is bad and hbo is like a web series channel now <laughs> i was like i caught a little bit of camping i'm like this is fucking hbo i'm watching right now <laughs> anyway sorry yeah but you know lots of terrible you know programming out there post prestige era but there is you know one you know app one service oh, that just so has cruel. such good stuff. Of course. It. And I I recently became a member of it. I've been very happy with it. And of course, I'm mm-hmm. talking about, you know, Filmstruck. Oh, uh, Leslie. Uh, we have bad news. We have very bad news for you, buddy. I hope you didn't buy the three-month plan. What? Which plan are you on? I got the three-year plan. Oh, that's... Uh... That's a shame. That's yeah. Really I got. A shame. I, I bought a full year, and uh, I guess I'll get reimbursed. But so uh, those motherfuckers at AT and T, they just they needed to move one zero. On I don't a even think it's one zero. I think this is literally just they're like we need like as we are consolidating the company. Like so, the new strategy and new thought is that it has to. Uh, what was I? What did I just hear about? Uh, uh, somebody told me that I think they were at. I think they were at Warner or somewhere, but they were just like at one of the offices and they had pamphlets all over the place that were like, the, this merger is about kombu, the Japanese word kombu or something like that. Oh, it was like a whole Lord. pamphlet about like the new philosophy moving forward. <laughs> oh, or it, it, yeah. You know which you know companies are really great and moving forward and doing everything well, you know, past the 1990s. It's the <laughs> Japanese company. They've completely taken over the world. That's why everywhere you go, you see nothing but Japanese companies I only go to video game stores and uh, trading card shops so actually that is true for me I own that is all like, I Jesus see. Christ have they learned like <laughs> they, there's literally like a whole like boom industry in yeah. Japan of like consultants from the West trying <laughs> to catch Japanese Man, companies I should do that up yeah you really good uh, 
Okay, well, I, what I was going to say, though, is I don't even think it's like a money-saving measure, because I'm like, Filmstruck, I would imagine... It costs nothing. It costs nothing, or and it's probably turning a small profit. It's just not. It's just that it's not a big enough or an interesting enough profit for as big a conglomerate as AT&T, Warner Brothers, uh, uh, Verizon. What the fuck? Is it, who bought them now? Is it AT&T? AT&T bought Time Warner. Time Warner AT&T is Time Turner. Warner. And Warner, so anything Turner, it's just not big enough. It's like you can't do a little small business like that. Which what is Filmstruck? It's a licensing deal with Criterion, and it's a website that serves videos. Because Turner Classic Movies, right? It's a license. So what this is is it's a licensing deal. You get a subscription fee, and it's a video website server. This is not like an expensive website to run. Yeah, yeah. Like here's what's fucked up: they they are licensing movies from themselves. Right. They are not paying a thing for the Warner collection. Anything on Turner Classic Movies is already licensed to Warner yeah. Brothers. Right, they have it. It's so, but what this is stuff. about is this is about like we are like aligning our like corporate entities and like getting rid of fat and I think they... Also, by the way, what's going to happen now is every single studio, they're all getting conglomerated so that they can make their streaming platforms. Right. We're in the new era of streaming and so because this entire merger is about putting out a streaming service in the end. I think their first thing is like, we got to get rid of all the streaming services and so that we can get WB stream started or whatever. Yeah, but it's like this this Silicon Valley Wall Street idea of putting content over culture. It's Bain Capital. Bain Capital is in charge of LA now. We live in Bain Capital world. But the... it's they're it's gonna I mean it's not just that this is awful for artists and creators which it is and it's awful for aficionados of of niche culture uh, of of you know anything that isn't made by you know fucking Keemstar or or H three H three or you know uh, Captain America or, or yeah or Marvel like the 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 bigger issue is is that it's I mean it's just gonna it's a disaster it's gonna fail you think your grandma is gonna watch like fucking Chris Evans and uh, I don't know, like uh, like King Bach together. Like it's just not going to click in the end either. Like there is no consolidation ultimately leads to collapse. Not only does it kill culture, but I mean, these are how uh, empires fall. But what's going to happen? I, but I, I ultimately think I'm like, we are at the new stage where we're, we're not even fully conglomerated yet. Jonathan, that's the thing. We're at the stage now where these film companies, like huge studios, it all comes down to them starting streaming services. Everyone's going to do it. And some of them are going to fail. And those ones are going to get bought by whoever survives. It's probably going to be like Disney. And I'm starting to feel now that maybe Netflix doesn't survive. Like maybe Netflix, like maybe Netflix is starting to feel shitty or something. Well, what's Netflix going to have when Disney, when Disney basically takes everything over to Hulu? Yeah. That's from Fox. Yeah. And and everything 21st Century Fox. Yeah. And then they start their own like kitty Star Wars Marvel streaming right. service. It pulls every every no, Disney thing be- off of Netflix. I mean, no. that's already happening. Daredevil is basically <laughs> done. Like, they've already killed Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Jessica Jones is going to get canceled after, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Melissa Rosenberg, the showrunner, goes off to another show. Like, the, the Netflix Marvel shows are all but over. No, but I even yeah. seen so, just the Netflix movies that are on, uh, or Disney movies that are on Netflix. They're oh, all yeah, going to disappear. Gone. Oh, here's yeah, the everything. beautiful thing. Um, there's not just going to be one Disney service. There's going to be multiple Disney right, services. So that's what I'm saying is like, so what happens now is some studios are going to fail because we're moving to, because we're moving entirely to streaming and that, that's going to kill studios. Yeah. No, and then so, what's going to happen is it's going to be like Disney and Amazon are the only ones left. And I really am starting to think it's going to be Disney and Amazon. And yeah. then, yes, we'll get to the point now where there, where it's like now cable's back, but you're just paying for six different Disney services. You're just paying for six Disney streaming and that's life. And if you want stories that make you question society or make you look at the world no. in a different way or or, or, or or go against any sort of set narrative by, you know, corporations or the government, you're, you're out of luck because there will be no money for any of that. And, you know, it's been happening to music. Now it's, come to, it's come happening. to our... It's come to us. It's, kind yeah, of, it's, it's here. That's what happened, yeah. Yeah, so the promise of this streaming thing when we all got into it, it was like... All the movies you want, all yeah. the music you want, all the TV at a, at shows your you care about, 
and, and it would always be there. You just pay this one service. Yeah, it would cost you a hundred bucks a year, but so what? It's only five bucks a month. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to think about it. And now you really do have to think about it. You have to check every month to see which of your favorite movies is getting taken off of Netflix. You have to check which of your streaming services is going to suddenly shut down because Filmstruck isn't the first one. Right. Like They <sighs> shut down like the Asian drama one, which again is one that shouldn't have cost any money it was just hey, like korean and japanese tv shows did you know crunchyroll like how- lost lost funimation crunchyroll yeah. doesn't have dragon ball anymore like the streaming wars have begun this is going to be worse than the cable wars like it's going to be yeah. harder than ever content is about to be held hostage in a way that we've never seen before right i mean yeah you're gonna Except have for to, torrents everybody you're gonna you gotta have get to your seed box. yeah so that's what i was about to say is yeah, like get that seed box i took i have to admit i have to come clean once i started buying into the streaming platforms i basically stopped you know building up my digital collection my hard drive is bare i would even delete some stuff be like oh that's on netflix now i don't need to keep that around mistake don't big need mistake it. big mistake should have been buying shitty. hard drives should have been buying shitty. hard drives i feel shitty for getting rid of like so many of my dvds over the years like i feel like i, I just made a horrible mistake ditching physical media i at this it, point i'm like i gotta download high def torrent versions because they're like that's actually where the good quality version is like i don't right. know what the fuck i'm getting when i put no on DRM. apple tv it's like when i put on apple tv it's like if they think my internet connection is not fast enough i'm watching like 400 and 60p or something you know what i mean like i want to have a good quality version (laughs) to watch and i don't know now it swung back because it was like for a long time it was like napster was the best and then it was like now it's easier to use itunes and everyone just uses itunes and like now i really am like you get it's easier and better quality to use torrents than to use the official services so everyone start that start towards now and i do want to say like jack and jdb they work in hollywood hey they guess what dependent you know on what it. you know what uh, uh for shows that air on television like maybe put it on to, if you're a nielsen hey how about this if you're a nielsen family report the shows that you like <laughs> that you watch them uh, uh or whatever um but yeah like the studios are doing like fucked up accounting and we just talked about netflix and like the way the new companies are doing it like we're not seeing any of this fucking money like you know torrent it's not everything. Thing. Yeah, and and, and it, it, exactly. If we're not getting paid anyway, then there's no harm in in piracy, right? You're just if piracy is something that you know, it's like you. There used to be this thing the studios used to do when piracy was really taking off in the early 2000s, where they would take these like uh, you know these like set mechanics yeah, and like, like costume designers, and they'd be like, "I'm so sad because Look, this like, guy doesn't get fucking residuals." Are you he kidding doesn't me? Doesn't get paid anyway. It's a lie. <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy doesn't care if you did if you do a torrent. Would you download a car? Actually, I would. That would be nice. My this? car is 11 years old. When the studios stop posting record profits every single year, uh, and when you know artists who make stuff are like properly compensated, then maybe everybody should stop torrenting. But as of right now, I think the studios are doing fine, and they're fucking everyone over, and so you should feel free to like pickpocket them if you want to. <laughs> You know, it reminds me of such a like a funny story. So I went on a couple of dates uh, with this girl from Los Angeles uh, in Louisiana. She had packed up her life and moved across the country to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to be like film crew because this is yeah. where the movies were being made at the time. But we never went out after our second date after I talked about how I like downloaded movies sometimes. She's uh-huh. like, uh, how could you do that? That's like, you know, killing the industry. I'm like, wait a minute, you had to move to middle of nowhere, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Like, it's that's not the reason why you have a problem. It's the movie studios <laughs> saving every single penny. And, it, and then she would have had to, I'm sure she's not there anymore because Louisiana stopped the tax breaks. Yeah. So she had to go right. somewhere else. She lives in no, Gen- now. Jindal, Jindal was, was uh, Hollywood's guy for a little while, huh? Yeah, so really what really bums me out the most about the closure of Filmstruck is just the shot across the bow that it represents. The message is clear that corporations, when they take over streaming, have no interest in preserving culture, no. have no interest in preserving storytelling, have no interest in preserving history. They will delete anything and everything if it saves them a few bucks <laughs> or uh, saves one of their executives from temporary embarrassment. Uh, 
and they control all of it. They control your access to it. They control what gets greenlit, and it is all vertically integrated. There are no subcontractors. There are no production studios pitching their takes to the companies and getting made through that. There is only one company, and you are either working for them or you are not working for them at all. And uh, that, that's what AT&T is saying. It is a. It is not just a message to you know investors that a couple of zeros are dotted off. It is a message to creators that if you make stuff like this, you won't make a living. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well. well I, oh, and one other thing: if you don't have the ability to pirate, check out your local library. Uh, library is good too. They have a lot. Of, they have a lot of videos there, and they have their own apps, which oh, still like Canopy. Ha- ha- yeah, Canopy Hoopla. And overdrive. If you ha- if you have access to a library, you probably have access um, to one of those things. So it, and Criter- and Criterion does have a lot of stuff on there because they actually do care about like culture and film and providing the services. So even though Filmstruck is gone, maybe- that's what AT and T should do. They should give over the uh, the. I mean, really, the cri- nationalized Criterion is what. Yes. I mean, actually, yeah, that <laughs> yeah. should be like a service by the Library of Congress. Like, honestly, like. These should be in like archive.org. They should buy the rights at the Library of Congress and then be like the full 1080p of the entire Criterion uh, collection is on archive.org. Look, I mean, you go to any film festival and you ask anyone from Canada or, or England or, or Sweden or even Italy, really anywhere where they get their funding, they'll say they got some sort of government right. grant or subsidy. America doesn't do that for its art. Uh, they don't, I mean, they do not, I mean, not. Or they don't they don't do it in the way that they should. I mean, the the profit model has the grip on film that the, these studios and now these tech companies have is so strong that there just is no room left for an actual indie industry, and that's just a very dangerous thing. And when you have holdouts getting absorbed by these titans who who just kind of uh, you know erase them at the snap of their finger for no reason other than they can. Uh, it's scary when the shit goes down and like the economy inevitably crashes again as we, you know, as this bull market starts to wind down and we enter. The market's been weird, right? Is yeah, that it's true? It's been volatile as fuck, <laughs> especially with these tech stocks going haywire. I mean, look, we're in a trade war. We've got, uh, you know, white supremacist violence seems to be at an all time high as of this last week. Yeah, there's that. Uh, and, and there's just a, an increased sense of everything being irreparably fucked up uh i do think that we will see some sort of like economic hit come to silicon valley and like these guys are gonna have to take responsibility for erasing like you know hundreds of years of art and history uh (laughs) so that they could get a few extra clicks and shares you know and jack i do want to uh i did check this i checked madmoney.com with jim kramer and his rating is that the market is weird as fuck right it's weird (laughs) as fuck kramer said it kramer said it. wow okay okay i gotta make some moves do you, I mean, do you, have you guys ever been to r slash Wall Street bets? Yes, it's, it's like uh, I mean, it's terrible. Look at the header like, one sometime of r slash Wall Street <laughs> bets. It's like it's the whole. It's like it's like a, a beautiful. Uh, I don't know what do they call those when it's like uh, it's like a nativity of the alt right. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, so. It's like if the B message board found the Rob. It's like a bunch of like four chan posters found the Robin Hood app. It's so funny, and, and now they're all just trading and stocks like, and losing you know, everything. Yeah, losing all their money on Tesla and shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they're betting on like ideology. Yeah, basically. like AMD and Nvidia and Tesla and like they just always lose. Yeah. <laughs> There's some great threads in there. There were some great threads when uh Tesla was going through all of its problems of like someone who bought like lost like $45,000 because he believed <laughs> Elon Musk's tweet. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, it's a, it's a great site for bag holders. Uh but no, I mean, look, that's, I yeah, something weird is happening in our economy, and I do think that the streaming wars will be affected by it. I don't know, because that's, a, a, you know, 
you know, what we've been doing this whole episode is really just building up like how fucked up the streaming wars are. I mean, we, and, and what we're about to get into, but what we're seeing now, you're right, Jack, it's just the beginning. Yeah. It really is. It like really I'm, is. I'm in despair because I can't watch, you know, these movies without paying $50 oh, so for, much more for, for DVDs, but it's getting so yeah. much worse. <laughs> Stockpile your favorite shit. Yeah. It's like, it's <laughs> download to- it now because before, because well, I mean, neutrality is so gone. Cause you're right. We haven't even <laughs> talked about how like, they're going to start using the net neutrality laws to like enforce websites that host torrents and shit like that. Not to mention, I swear to God, like all, all this stuff with the uh, like horrendous acts of like right wing violence. I swear the only thing that's going to end up coming from that is they're going to be able to shut down torrent websites. <laughs> they're going to be like, Gab is bad. Like we should like make a law that makes it so that like Hollywood can shut down websites. Right. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> in, instead of hoarding guns and bullets, I mean, do that too. Do that uh, in addition. Gamer, <laughs> yes. Gamers and nerds, but also hoard oh all your content. Ho- hoard all your content. Yeah. Um, all you good leftist gamers and nerds out there. Do yeah. that too. Yeah. yeah gee, Dow, Dow down 400% or 400 points. All right. Let's, all right. Uh, Let's is that, that, that then? Should we? Uh, yeah. All right. Well, that was great. Uh, Let's uh, also, yeah, go oh, one more time. November 19th. For the live I don't show. C- I don't care that it's a Monday. You get over here. It's going to sell There's out. There's no problem with a Monday. People go to shows on Mondays all the yeah, time. Yeah, it's LA. There's Monday's a show. Fine. There's shows every day. There's shows every single day. So, uh, Resident, yeah. It's going to um, be a lot of fun. I, please do come to it uh, because we don't want to work for the the, hor- the horrible streaming companies. We want to make shows like yeah, this. Yeah, this will be the only struggle session live show that you won't have to have a Hulu Disney subscription to watch. Yeah, and, and our hands will be tied at that point. We'll, uh, they will be p- being paid in Hulu points, so, you know. <laughs> Alright, All right. see you later, everybody. See you later, Peace. folks. Like what you hear, want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.